Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And then at the point where I was going to take this trip, I was really looking for the signs to point me in the right direction. I was thinking about anywhere in the world I could go really. But I kept I a TED Talk that was about creativity and inspiration Another gorgeous like medium article just all these things kept bubbling to the surface that were pointing to bali as being a place for uh spirituality personal reinvention and creativity and i felt like i'm looking for i need like a very creative fresh approach to living to life that's what i'm looking for how you day how you day that was the voice of elizabeth grojane now some of you might have heard these quotes about sleep i'll sleep when i'm dead <laughs> or you might have heard the, the positive way. A good laugh and a long sleep are the best cures in the doctor's book. Either way, if you're going with the former or the latter, I do think both have an interesting insight into what we need to work on. For those of us that say I was asleep when I was dead and I used to be one of these people, I do think that there's a way to rephrase that where we can figure out when our most productive hours for sleep are and then use those moments to fuel our passion for hustle. The idea of depriving ourselves off of sleep is so dangerous and so toxic and it's something that we need to unlearn, something I have needed to unlearn. So I was so excited when I got a chance to talk to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the founder of a company that produces weighted blankets and in the episode you learn about the benefits of weighted blankets You'll also learn about her interesting journey and how she found her path, her passion, her mission. And I think it's going to be pretty inspiring for many of you who might feel lost, who might feel stuck with a programming that seems to work for other entrepreneurs, but maybe not you. There is your path and your path matters. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today I have with me Elizabeth Grojean, the founder of Blue Living. And there's a story behind the name. We'll get there. But she's a sleep expert, a savvy business owner, and a crystal expert. We're going to be talking about how she came to build this brand that is Blue Living and the benefits of what weighted blanking does and why insomnia is connected to anxiety. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and talk about all my favorite topics. <laughs> well, the, the pleasure is mine. And I, is it true though? I did some research on you uh, and I saw that you, did you come from an entrepreneurial family or was it your, your dad? 
Yeah, there's some entrepreneurship. My dad is an engineer by training and he had a business in the 80s, which was an RV park, a luxury RV park um, established right next to SeaWorld when it came to San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> and that was like a beautiful part of my childhood was swimming and playing in the hill country at the RV park. Um, and he no longer is involved with the park, but he now has a consulting practice for the Americans with Disabilities Act. An so. RV park, an RV park. I've yeah, never, RV park. never, I, you know, I've, I see the RVs on TVs, but I never even realized that a park is probably where a lot of the RVs reside. They need a place to sleep. That's <laughs> true. Plumbing. Hey, need a place to sleep. I don't know if they need a metaphorical weighted blanket, but that might have helped. But so, okay. So this is Houston. Was it Houston or they, they grew uh, up in, San Antonio, yeah. actually. So San Antonio. Okay. So you grew up in San yeah. Antonio. Uh, and then you were graduating to call, you know, from college or leaving high school, how did you decide what you were going to choose for your career path? Yeah. So my early, you know, career path decisions were based on sort of how can I kick this ball as far down the field without having to decide what I'm going to do as possible. So I chose a marketing degree, uh, being sort of what I saw the most general business degree and the one that was going to help me avoid math at mm -hmm. all costs. <laughs> which I found out you really cannot escape math. It's everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to do something that was a mix of practical and creative. So I chose marketing. And then from there, I kind of tried on a bunch of different hats, careers, cities, was just really, I think, collecting experiences and, and really curious about learning as much as I could as possible. Um, so that took me, I mean, I can kind of give you the quick list. Yeah, no, I'd love to hear about the experiences you were collecting because uh, a lot of people listening, especially now are yeah. in that moment where they're collecting experiences and it's taking them to different parts of the world. Or if we're staying static, it's, it's taking them to different mindsets and, and areas. Yeah. And I, I, one of my great quotes that I loved at the time was thinking, if you have 20 years of experience, but it's in the same job or the same field, you really just have one year of experience lived 20 different times in a row. <laughs> so I was like, how can I get as much experience as possible? And that meant putting myself through a lot of uncomfortable change, I think. Um, and it, but to ex experience new things. So, um, Here's kind of like the quick, the quick list of what I got to experience slash put myself through for my twenties and early thirties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I majored in 2003 with a marketing degree from UT, which was pre-digital marketing. You know, this was Facebook was like, not yet really even a thing outside of Harvard at the time. Um, went to work for my dad. He had an architecture engineering firm, marketing coordinator, did that for a couple years, was like, got to get out of Texas. My sister got a job in New in DC. So I moved with her, got a job on the Hill working for a lobbyist for one of the first women to have her own lobbying firm. She was an, an OG lobbyist. We had a little townhouse on Pennsylvania Avenue and I had an incredible year working with her, seeing some politics up close and personal um, and realized politics is theater. It is not for what I want my life to be about. Um, so I left DC and went to Chicago where I got a job at BBDO advertising, um, as a marketing coordinator, got to work in the house of a big agency on the Wrigley gum account and see what that was all about, which was pretty amazing. They launched five gum the year that I was there. So got to see all the ads and the wow. concepts getting created. 
Um, I mean, I never left the office, but I was doing expense reports for people who did. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And so, okay. So you're doing all these things and I, I, you know, I was, I was reading up on you, you, you've, you come up with this, uh, personal crisis yourself where you're asking yourself, what is it that you want to do? And you take this trip to, was it Bali? Yeah. So I ended up in New York where I was very happy for like 10 years, a bunch of intense corporate job experiences, but realized at this point, okay, I have reinvented myself so many times. I've had so many great adventures, but I'm still feeling unfulfilled. Why is that? What can I do about that? And I think I was tired of trying to answer that question so I decided to just stop asking and give myself a break. And I bought a one-way ticket to Bali. It was kind of like, just kind of surrender. Like I give up. <laughs> I don't know how to manage this thing called a career. Uh, my resume looks like a bunch of random pieces of dots that don't connect. <laughs> so I'm going to take a break. And I went to Bali on a one-way ticket. It's like, uh, you, you probably, you've probably heard this comparison. I'm sure you, you might be tired of it at this point, but the e pray love type of, uh, comparison where totally <laughs> very real. I mean, cliches are there for a reason. Hey, wasn't it in New York? Wasn't she in New York first too, before she decided to, uh, move? Yes. Uh, you know, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I remember the whole thing. Um, okay. So you, you decide to go there. Walk me through what you land in. So um, it was a process, I would say, of becoming comfortable in my own skin. One of the first things I noticed about myself was how uncomfortable it felt not to be sort of driven by productivity, mm -hmm. which I'd become so used to doing. It's like, here you are, you have nothing that you have to do, nothing to prove to anyone. If I meet someone new, I don't even know how to introduce myself. I can't say, hi, I do X, Y, Z, and I'm here on vacation. I can't say like, oh, I'm a student, I'm backpacking. It was just like, hi, I'm Elizabeth. Pause. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing next. That's here. <laughs> so not having something to sort of identify or label yourself with can be very uncomfortable, I think, for us, the way that we're sort of programmed. Yeah, um, yeah. But eventually, uh, you know, get used to that. I, I'm just trying to think about the time, because I, I remember, I know Bali uh, Bali became a, a hotspot for a lot of nomads at some point in the, in the last few years. This is pre-pandemic, but I can't, did you get there before that was happening? Oh, you... I was there in 2017 um, for this, trip. Yeah. I'd so, been there once before on vacation. So I'd gotten a glimpse and seen how magical it was. Mm -hmm. And then at the point where I was going to take this trip, I was really looking for the signs to point me in the right direction. I was thinking about anywhere in the world I could go really. Um, but I kept I saw a Ted talk that was about creativity and inspiration. Another gorgeous, like medium article, just all these things kept bubbling to the surface that were pointing to Bali as being a place for uh, spirituality, personal reinvention and creativity. Mm. And I felt like I'm looking for, I need like a very creative, fresh approach to living, to life. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. So you surrender. You're in a new place and the other side of the world, time zones apart. What's happening to you? How does the idea of blue living come to you? So it was, it was several 
months in, first of all, of just letting myself do nothing and decompress, which was amazing. I came back to New York. Okay. Thinking I found the answers to happiness in life. Let's go. (laughs) Reverse culture shock. Whoa. Ouch. No, I didn't. I was like, now what do I do? I, so I was like, either I stay in New York, I look for a job to pay rent or I go back to Bali. I had like a little bit of savings left. Went back to Bali. I was like, okay, the deal I'm making with myself is if I make this choice to kind of go back into the unknown without a plan for how I'm going to support myself in literally the other side of the planet where no family or support network is, there's got to be a reason to do that. And my reason was I'm going to create a lifestyle and a business for myself that's going to let me live my life on my terms. No more asking for vacation time approvals, tracking days, showing up in the office. That was over for me finally. And I knew that Bali had an environment and a community of people there who were living life on their own terms. Digital nomads is one way to refer to them. <laughs> but <laughs> there's many types of digital nomads. It's such like a, a, a box to put someone in. It is. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. But you know, internet-based businesses, entrepreneurship, whatever. I was like, I'm going to go put myself around these people, get out of this conventional mindset or way of thinking and be with people who are living outside the box. And by being with them in community with them, I trust that I will find my path. Okay, so that's a long way to say. I was there, I decided to launch an e-commerce business. I knew I wanted to sell a product. I love selling products. It's such a physical connection that you can have with another person. I was doing research on products and that's when I discovered weighted blankets. And as soon as I saw this thing, like I'd heard of them, but I'd never tried one. I saw some data on the trend and sort of the effectiveness and how they work. And I was so intrigued. I think I, I, I got the idea on a Tuesday and I had booked a ticket for like five days later to go to supply factories in other Asian countries (laughs) to make factories. Cause I was like, this is it. And then as soon as I, I brought a sample back with me, I tried it. I was sort of overcome by the feeling of it. You know, it was such a beautiful experience to actually use a weighted blanket that I'd never felt before. So that's when it sort of became something that I saw as a financial opportunity to something that was like, I felt deeply connected to and wanted to share with people. Wow. And the name, I know we had a, we had a fun time discussing this when we, we talked before. Why did you name Baloo? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've always loved the name Baloo. It comes from Baloo, the bear from the Jungle Book. That's the Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, what I love about the name fitting this brand so perfectly is that, you know, the guy is a bear that sings and dances through the jungle. He doesn't stress. He doesn't worry. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have insomnia or have trouble going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's his whole I thing. That way. I never thought of it that way. I never even thought that he probably doesn't have insomnia. That's uh, which so happy go lucky. Ah, that is so brilliant. Okay, okay. So then you, you, you this is this is a beautiful lesson with Brandon. There's something that you like, and you determine, hey, I'm going to make it happen. Uh, because I like it and I'm going to name my company this. Uh, and I think it's, it's important for entrepreneurs to learn this sometimes because sometimes when you're in the branding process, you know, people can get caught up on names and feel like, well, if it's not this, it's not that who's going to, you know, um, understand, but you just said, you know, something I like, I like this show, this movie rather. And, uh, and I'm going to name my company that. 
I mean, this is like the most easy branding experience I've ever heard of anyone having. I couldn't believe that this name wasn't trademarked already. <laughs> the URL was available that I think that never happens, but I took it as a sign. All in stride. Uh, okay. So to stay with the branding, because I really wanted, I really want to dive into this. You, you did this thing that many people don't really practice, which is surrender. And then you went to this place. You were listening to any sign you could listen to, but you also following your inner compass. But what were those steps looking back that you can now say were essential for your brand to be as effective and successful as it has been since then, since launch? Um, yeah, I think that, um, rather than it being a roadmap, it was something that I felt so deeply in my heart, like in my body and my bones that was actually felt as though it was getting expressed through me. It wasn't coming from me. It wasn't a strategic decision about this is what a brand should be, or we need to check these boxes to quote unquote, be a brand. It was really about how do I package in a way that's consumable for people? Because I understand that we're busy. We can only consume so much information at a time, but this like lived experience that I've been having of reconnecting with myself, of learning surrender, of putting myself in nature, of re-experiencing my body, my energy as a human being, and sort of how divine and amazing that is. Yeah. How do you package that as an experience to share with someone in a way that they're going to get it quickly? And the short answer is, <laughs> I don't know, but we did it. And the way that we did it, I think, is through just putting brand in the DNA of every single decision that was made because it was coming from that place. Yeah. It wasn't coming from the outside in as a strategic move. It was coming from the inside out as if we're going to do this, this is what we're doing and why. And so every decision we make from the product to the words that we use to describe the messaging to the color schemes, to the give back programs and the way we design our customer service is going to be about being of service to others and, and ourselves because yeah. we're all in this together. You know, I can't be of service to you if I'm not also taking care of myself and vice versa. Facts. This is holistic like approach to wellness. Okay. Okay. With, with, <laughs> with wellness, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm someone that has always struggled with sleep. And I remember one of my friends bought me a weighted blanket. I'd never heard of weighted blanket until some point last year. And she insisted, yeah. she says, we, I, I'm sending you something you can't say no. <laughs> because I, I, I have this, I always like to deflect and I'm like, no, don't have to send me anything. It's like, I'm yeah. sending you something you can't say no. And I was like, uh, okay. And it, it came, it was this heavy thin, because uh, I, I saw it was a blanket, but it was heavier than it looked. It's like, wait, why is this heavy? It's like a weighted blanket. And it's supposed <laughs> to help with your anxiety and, and sleep. But I turned it on. It was in the middle of the, I opened it and I, you know, put it, covered myself in the middle of the day. And next thing I know, I fell asleep. And I woke up maybe three or four hours later. Luckily, I didn't have any other things scheduled because <laughs> I woke up in a panic thinking, oh, shoot, I have my meeting. But, um, but I didn't know what happened because I was very skeptical at first. But then I just, it's like my lower, lower parts of my legs just calmed down or something. It felt like a hug. That's what it felt like. Yeah. So please explain to me the mechanics behind how something as heavy as a wave blanket can actually make you feel calmer have this response yeah it's really powerful because it's very simple and 
it's, it's hard to talk about an experience versus having it, but what's happening with the weighted blanket is basically, um, it's putting this even gentle pressure across your body. And this has been studied in numerous studies. There've been some studies on weighted blankets, more on deep pressure touch, which is the mechanism it's using, Mm. which you can look at and observe in the same concept of like being hugged or held, or when your baby being swaddled, um, or even massage is using deep pressure touch. And there's a response in the nervous system that tells it that it's okay to relax, that, you know, that fight or flight can let go for a second because you're being held, you're protected and you're covered. It's like shelter on a primal level. You're, you're safe, you're sheltered. And there's a response that's been measured in the body as well through deep pressure touch research, which shows that you have a decrease in cortisol, which is the stress hormone and an increase in serotonin which we all know feels really good. And then serotonin actually naturally converts to melatonin, which is the hormone that gives the body the cue to rest. So that's why you fall into that deep sleep sort of unexpectedly. And there's this hormonal reaction uh, or chemical reaction happening in the body in response to the weight of blanket. Yeah. It, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me, but it, when you, when I did some research and even hearing you talk, I can see how that's the case because I, I don't know what it is. I, I have a lot of thoughts going through my mind. I'm a very <laughs> active thinker. And so when it's time to sleep, I just find myself coming up with different activities to, <laughs> to come up with, or I'm just up and then it's 4am and then I'm like, Oh shoot, I have to pick up a six. And then it's just the, <laughs> the end of the day. And it's been this way since I was a kid, especially before. Yeah big events, like first day of school, speaking engagements or moving somewhere. We moved around a lot. Um, I just navigated. I thought it was, I don't know, this is what I would just have to deal with, but some things within a blanket can actually change that. Yeah. And I've always been, I've been so inspired by that, the way that the body is designed like this to respond this way. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Simple, Uh, but (laughs) yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses, it's a mix of resources, things you can download, and all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out, use it with your friends, use it with your family, use it with yourself. 
Okay, the link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective, and it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. But okay, okay, so okay, but you, the, the, there's something else though with yours because you put crystals, I believe, in yours. Is that correct? Or oh, well, when we launched, a lot of blanket makers were using plastic beads as their weighted filling. And I was like, absolutely. If we're going to do something, we're going to do it ethically, sustainably. So we're using glass microbeads. Um, and we're the only brand that's using all natural materials. So there's other weighted blankets that will say they're 100% cotton, but what they mean is on the outside, because on the inside there's layers of polyester. So we're using just cotton throughout, which I think is part of the reason why our blanket is called the most breathable, coolest weighted blanket. Mm. Um, it doesn't trap heat, you know, micro glass, micro beads don't trap heat. You've just got a couple layers of cotton, um, on your body. So that's why I could use it in Bali where it's 80 degrees and you don't have air conditioner. Um, you can use it all year round in any type of climate without getting too overheated. And it's, it's the only eco-friendly luxury weighted blanket made with lead glass. Uh, micro beads, is that correct? Yes. And soft yes. premium lead free glass micro beads. Yeah, <laughs> I was just reading that. I was like, I hope I'm saying this right. <laughs> free. <You> got it. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, it's very clear that sustainability is important to your product and brand. You you are someone that embodies that value, and you want that to to ring true with anything that is affiliated with you. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, you know, I had a moment of hesitation in, in launching the business because I didn't want to create something that's a mass produced consumer consumer product. You know, it seems like to go against sort of but you know, you can only get involved and make a difference if you're participating. So it's like either I get in business and I improve the way that things are done, or I don't and I sit on the sidelines and I criticize. Well, well that doesn't do any good. <laughs> Which is a lot of the world today. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's very easy to be justified and not take action. That's right. So That's right. we're going to do this. We won't be perfect. We're going to learn as we go and we're going to improve and improve and improve. And that's what we've done. So um, we use plastic free packaging. And I think the biggest way that we contribute is um, through our partnership with Sea Trees, which is a nonprofit organization that is extremely innovative and passionate in their work. So we we offset our carbon footprint with them and then Mm -hmm. we pay it forward an additional ton for every ton that we offset. So we're positive. We're not just neutral on the climate. And the work that they do, I'll just briefly mention it, is um, reforesting kelp forests and mangrove forests because their research is showing that ecosystems on the edge of the blue of blue water ecosystems, like edge of the ocean, can sequester five times more carbon than tropical rainforests even. Oh, wow. Seriously? That's what they say. That's the research. Yeah. Wow. That is. Yeah. Okay, this is I, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm I'm such a nerd for these things. So I'll be looking into this more. Uh, I'm curious though, failures, any failures that you've had while launching, any things that you've considered learning opportunities uh, as you've discovered. Yes, many, many, many. <laughs> Which can you share? Um. Oh, let's think. There have been so many. Uh. Well, there's like kind of a fun story. I don't know if I would call it a failure. It was definitely a breakdown. Um, but this was our first Christmas launch when we got a huge piece of press and sold everything that we had for the entire holidays in two days. Mm. And 
I didn't have anyone at this point. It was my first Christmas. It was just me. I had no one on customer service. The inventory had arrived at the warehouse literally the day before the press piece came out. It was a new warehouse. They'd never fulfilled a single order for us before. And all of a sudden we had this barrage of orders. Um, the factory had mislabeled some cartons. So things were getting misshipped out. So I had to, I flew there to the warehouse. We sorted it out. It took weeks. We started just writing personal notes inside of our boxes of reshipped items to say like, so sorry, can you please send us back the one we sent you? Here's a return postage label and here's the correct one. And we got like some, we got everything returned to us except for two people. <laughs> so we double shipped everything with a love note inside. And we're like, please send the first one back. And everyone did, which was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Everyone? Yes. I mean, we were small. So it was, it was several hundred orders, but all but two people returned their item and were so understanding and kind and gracious about it. I think that people knew we were a new young company. And so a big, a lot of, a lot of learnings, I think are very small things that you learn through mistakes. One of ours was to make sure that we have an inspection done to always make sure that the outer carton labels match what's inside the carton because you don't. And <laughs> that, that product is just shipped out. That's right. The other thing that, I, that I've noticed is I have a, a few friends who are launching businesses. One of the things that they discuss is, is that idea of inventory. How do you deal with demand? One of my friends is she's launching a candle business, for example, actually today's our launch day. And so we were just talking on the phone and she, she you know, uh, I was asking her about what happens if an event books, you know, they say they want, I don't know, 200 of your candles. And yeah. she goes, Oh shoot. I have, then that, that would mean I have to like, let them know about the, the time. And you know, it's, it's only me now. And I, and I'll have to like get a factory and then all these other things the, when you have that fluctuating demand going on where you're not sure if it's just maybe 10 people versus 300 people. So balancing inventory and cash flow, I think is the most difficult part of the whole job Yeah, because you know, COVID happened and the whole month of March, I think people froze. We were all waiting to see what was going to happen in March, 2020, yeah. April came, people are out there looking for natural solutions and supports. We're running Facebook ads. We, we sold out of almost everything within two months, June comes, we had no more stock. Like it's, it's so tricky and it takes, you know, we have a three month lead time. So we have to forecast out three months at least to project what we think we're going to need. Yeah. And we're usually under or over. I mean, that's one of the most challenging things to do. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and you should be internationally. internationally too though, right? You do international. What's that? You do, you also ship internationally. Yeah, we do international shipping as well from our website. Dang. So it's, it's a pretty small part of our business, but we wanted to make it available for anyone, wherever they are. Um, we have websites in Canada and we have a website launching soon in the UK. So we'll be local in those markets. So how did you find your balance? Because you grew right now, you you've grown to a level and we're going to, something I want to ask you, you use affiliate marketing as well. And it's really, it's been really successful yeah. for you. It's led to like six figure months for you. But with six figure yes. months, that's a lot of blankets. So do you have all these partnerships with all these people in the inventory since you're forecasting three months out? You're saying, I'm predicting this. And for the first two years, it was just me. And I didn't have any full-time employees because I really wanted to, I really valued like freedom and independence for my own self. 
And it's fun. It's, you know, if you ask me about mistakes, like probably one of my biggest mistake was being so stubborn about getting help and building a team, because now that I have a team in place, Hmm. my life is completely different and it's so much better for the business, but we're small team. I mean, we're only five people, including me. Um, my sister came on board about a year ago. I recruited her away. She went to like this Ivy league education. She had this great corporate sales job and I got her to come work with me like one month before COVID started. We had no idea what was about to come (laughs) happen. (laughs) And so now she's director of operations and she's new on the job in terms of learning everything, but she's got a really great brain. And so now she's focusing on it and it's even so it's really challenging. I mean, I've talked to so many people about how do you manage supply chain inventory forecasting? It's there's no secret sauce. Like no one has the secret answer. It's just just your do. best guess. You just do. Yeah. You just ah. do take a risk. <laughs> well, you, you, and the, you, times, the times I've been super wrong, right? I, I tend to be super optimistic, which I think is an entrepreneur's, you know, call it gift or a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get really optimistic. I'll place these huge inventory buys and then I will, they won't move that fast. And then I'll be having to sit on all this inventory and I have no cash flow. And there's been one time that happened and I, I had two friends come through with, um, one gave me a five figure loan and a six figure loan just to float me for the, the time that I needed it. If you'd asked me if I had those kind of friends, I would yeah. have said, no, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not that person. I was about to ask, where can I apply for these type of friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like this amazing, uh, experience of like the universe is there for you when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. When you're on your path, when you trust. And I think that's something you've been learning too, though, since, you know, you, you followed your path to Bali, you launched this company and then here you are, you know, with loans and I'm sure you've, you know, it's, it's they're like, paid off now. Paid off. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. um, that's fascinating to me. Okay. Well, the other aspect of this, I, I run a diversity, equity, inclusion firm and representation is very important to me. Uh, one of the unfortunate things we see in the global landscape of entrepreneurship is this idea of, um, you know, not enough female entrepreneurs in, in, in the space. And these specifically, I mean, I don't know how it is in the wellness industry, but I do know that it, overall the, the narrative is very different. What have you noticed as you've become a prominent uh, woman in the entrepreneurship space? Why is there uh- such a gap? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I I have a lot of friends that are women in this space now. So there are there. Um, I think it's very different if you look at entrepreneurship in terms of, I think a woman owned or founded company is more likely to be bootstrapped versus venture funded, Yes, but there's a lot of debate you could take about, is it better to be bootstrapped or venture? I think bootstrapped is so great. I mean, I have friends that could get raise money, women Mm -hmm. that could raise money, but they've decided that they want to stay. They want to hold the equity. Um, and on the other hand, I was just, I went to my first live in-person event last week, last week. And, um, I'm in Mexico. I went to Puerto Vallarta. There were a hundred people that came together. It was an e-commerce conference. We all did COVID testing before and after to make it safe, but, um, it was probably 90% men, but One thing that I love about what I'm doing now is that I feel like once this is not, there's many directions to this conversation. There's just a comment that I want to make though, about what I appreciate about being a woman in this space is that there are some advantages once you're here in that there's a lot of men in the space that are looking to uplift female voices, but you've got to put yourself in the room first. Mm. And that's the most challenging part. I think the most challenging part for me was not limiting limits placed on me by other people, but it was my own belief about what was appropriate or expected 
from women. So I really held myself back for a long time until one day I just said, you know what, F this, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to do it. But it took me going halfway around the world to put myself in a new environment to get out of my own sort of, you know, thought process of what I should and shouldn't do. Oh, wow. And so there are some, you're saying there's some limiting beliefs as well. And in terms of this, I guess the question I'm asking is more on the systemic side, because I'm curious to see if you've personally experienced some things that might be uh, disadvantages, <laughs> if that's a word, uh, towards other women. Because we brought up the venture funding. Now you prefer um, bootstrapping, but the access to opportunity is more where I'm getting at, where yeah. um, a lot of women, maybe younger women who are listening, might not even try to consider this this uh this path because they're not sure if they have support or the friend network you just brought up with with, with alone where is that right. is that more of a mindset thing or are there things that we can work on in schools and the systems and in our families to actually get more women to pursue a path of entrepreneurship i think a lot of it does have to do with role models and how we can see ourselves mm. see a possible future for ourselves i'm 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 not going to say that there are not systemic external factors limiting women, because I think that role model thing cuts both ways. Like women are seeing a lack of role models, but men also are not seeing women portrayed in that way. So I think it's this kind of um, expectation yeah. that affects us across the board as people. Huh. It's very fascinating. And you, you also had your dad. You had your dad as well. You, we told, and we I will say, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel like, okay, well, I didn't come from a family with money, but when I needed to start my business, my dad stepped in and gave me a loan for $20,000. Yeah, your so dad believed that, in you. I, that was a huge, otherwise, if I came from a family where I didn't have that kind of support, it would have not. Me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, your, your blankets, uh, I can't ask you, I can't leave it asking this. Did you have any personal experience with your blankets? Did your blankets work miracles and wonders with you? For me personally? <laughs> yeah, were you a test, test subject for your blanket before you decided to? I, I'm a customer of my blankets. I use them, but I've always been a great sleeper. Always. I can oh, sleep anywhere, anytime. <laughs> I call it my superpower. <laughs> It is a superpower. It is a superpower. Yeah. I know some people listening are like, why is this guy talking about sleep? I have problems sleeping. <laughs> that is why. So I envy yeah. people that can do that. Uh, all right. Okay. But I'm just curious. How did you know it was going to work though? That That's why I was asking on the personal side because. Oh, yeah. the business? No, the, the blanket. I, because we, Oh, the blanket. Itself, like oh. The, yeah. Oh, as soon as I brought some back with me to Bali, I had friends, like there was a waiting list because everyone that tried it loved it so much. Sheesh. So that, that was my focus group. And again, another point for anyone listening, having, you know, they call it an MVP sometimes or having a product that you can have people test out is, is always key, whether it's physical or, or service-based, just so that you can either, I don't know why you get testimonials or see what's working, what's not working, but it's, it's, it's important when you're, you're trying to figure out those little kinks, uh, Very in, the, in a way. So, huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. But, uh, b before we go, I was asked, uh, my guest, this question, which is my mission statement reframed as a, as a question. So how do you, Elizabeth, use your difference to make a difference? 
Oh, I forgot about this question. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can't. That is the question. The question of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope we can cut some airtime out while I think right now. <laughs> of course. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't want to give myself too much credit here, but I think that the greatest, best thing that we're doing as a company is existing as a company that's here to serve people first and the planet first. I'm hoping that we can pioneer or be one of those companies that is doing business in a way that's to serve people and make the world a better place. And we really mean it. I'm not just saying that vibes, good vibes, putting it out, it all comes back around. And so I just want to be putting positivity and making a difference out there as a way of doing business that serves us all, ourselves included. And I'm very optimistic and excited to see what that brings because you never can expect what good stuff is going to come. See, if you weren't going to say that, I was going to say that for you because I feel like that's what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you uh, saying that. And um, Kings, Queens, and Royalty, we're talking to Elizabeth Grogin, founder of Blue Living. It's blueliving.com. We'll put it in the show notes. But this is what people are saying the best way to blanket for hot sleepers. I really, truly believe in the product. Feel a bit more calm and collected, eco friendly, soft cotton style looks and feels luxurious so blueliving.com and thank you for educating us on weighted blankets and i know you also do weighted comforters and blue kids is also coming up so thank you so much for spending thank you so much it's been so fun pleasure is mine and ladies gentlemen and gentlemen all by individuals till next time use a difference to make a difference you've just been listening to the as told by nomads podcast For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.